guess what? The prefrontal cortex is not the answer to everything. It's good. It's got a lot of responsibility. We need to take care of it. However, this is what I want to focus on today. I'm focusing. I am focusing. Did it go? I tell you, while they're working on that, I'm going to read because I've got my notes up here. So uh, listen carefully. The spouse by your side is nothing compared to the spirit inside. So look to your spouse right now and say, I love you. But, honey, the Holy Spirit is what I need. Okay? You're going to need the Holy Spirit if you're going to love this person well for 55 years, as we heard this morning. It takes the Holy Spirit to do things that even our brains cannot do. Okay? So I'm a huge fan of the brain. I love how God created the brain. But the brain isn't the answer. The Holy Spirit is the answer. Uh, Colossians 3 says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy patience, bear with each other and forgive one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. This is the passage that was the foundation of our wedding vows. We have the uh, scripture reference etched in our wedding rings. So this is a big verse for us. And and similar to what Gordon said, this is the foundation that we needed for our marriage. This, this established a lot of decisions on the very front end that we needed to make about our marriage. But here's the thing. There's a long list there of things that we need to do, right? Being compassionate, kind, humble, gentle, all those things are great. But we are not going to be able to do those things, or we're going to try really hard to do those things if we don't have our identity established first. When I was married to Cece, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that she was chosen, she was holy, and she was dearly loved. I knew that a thousand percent about her. Unfortunately, it took me a few years later to learn how to believe those words about me. My journey to becoming a therapist started with my own brokenness. After a few years of being married, I brought pornography back into my life. And I started to do very dangerous things to my faith, to my my own identity, and obviously hurt my wife tremendously. Now, we all know the adage, right, that baptism saves you, but it doesn't heal you. And in two things about God and about myself and about the way that I thought that absolutely transformed my life. In the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he said, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. That was good news. But the kingdom of heaven isn't just the good news. The other good news is repent. And I know we've had a lot of um, stigma around that word. We think it's like a 
you know, a, a negative or a down word, but it's actually an invitation. It's a beautiful invitation. And I know probably some of you know Greek better than I do, but I'm just going to give it a shot. Uh, this word, repent, in Greek, metanoete, which I'm sure I'm saying in a horrible, oaky accent. My apologies. But I love this definition of it. Think about how you have been thinking. Or get a thought about your thoughts. Or a thought beyond your own thoughts. Because I'm about to introduce some things that are going to be beyond your own thoughts. Beyond your own prefrontal cortex. Beyond just being rational. I'm going to give you teaching that will give you thoughts beyond your own thoughts. What a powerful thing. A few verses later, Matthew 5, 3, in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, we know this passage really well, I hope. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, in my recovery journey, I've met a lot of remarkable thinkers uh, when it comes to just learning a spiritual way of thinking about things. And one of my favorite authors, his name is Emmett Fox. He's very popular in the recovery community. But he gave this definition of poor in spirit. And I want to share it with you. To be willing to set aside your present habits of thought, present views and prejudices, your present way of life if necessary, to remove anything and everything that can stand in the way of your finding God. I want to emphasize habits of thought. Do any of you have any habits of thought? You have more habits of thought than you'll ever know. <laughs> but that's the hope. That's the hope of repentance, that you can actually change the way that you think. In the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it, it says this in chapter 5. It says, remember that you are dealing with alcohol. Cunning, baffling, power. That one is God. You must find Him now. Half measures will avail you nothing. You stand at the turning point. Throw yourself under His safe protection and care with complete abandon. So let's take that and apply it to ourselves. Remember that we are dealing with the way that we think. The way that we think can be cunning and baffling and powerful. And you can recall any particular marriage conflict that you've had, and you know what I'm talking about, right? How can she think that way? Or how can he think that way? That makes no sense to me, right? But we need help in learning how to think. This is why Jesus gave this amazing promise. I love what Gordon said about marriage. Our, our wedding vow to our spouse is amazing. But we have made a different vow, a better vow with Jesus. A commitment to Him. And He told us this, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you 
all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. This isn't just a, a, a marital bond where you're connected to someone. This is Jesus saying, this part of God is going to be inside of you. That is powerful. Frontal cortex, so that our prefrontal cortex can take care of our limbic system and take care of our amygdala. We need something outside of ourselves from God that is now inside of us. That can give you thoughts beyond your thoughts. Or give you nudges or suggestions beyond what your limbic system is burning to do. That is hope. Now, I want to share with you a, um, a repentance story. Uh, when I was a therapist intern, uh, one of my first supervisors was an old Jewish psychologist. He was probably 75, 77 years old. He was up there, and he'd had years of experience. But the only thing that I knew about him, besides that I was going to learn a lot, I had learned that his wife had passed away about five years before I had met him. And I, so I knew that, and I just had that in the back of my mind, but I thought, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a trainee here. I'm here to learn. I'll just listen. And, but regardless, over time, we developed a relationship, and at one point, we had this conversation. And he didn't know what to do, and he was in a real slump. And then some of his friends invited him to a Jewish Seder. It's the Passover meal that... In Jewish tradition, they still practice every year. And he was not really a practicing Jew at that time, but he thought, you know, well, what the heck, I'm Jewish, you know, why not? You know, I'm not doing anything else. So he went to this Seder, and he told me that there was this one particular song in the Seder that completely transformed the way that he was thinking about one of the greatest losses of his life. And the song is called this, Dayenu. Let's all say that together. Dayenu. Okay. Dayenu, what does this word mean? It means simply this, it would have been enough. Dayenu. It would have been enough. And basically, what he learned was, as he listened to these songs and he listened to the lyrics, and we're going to go over some of these verses together, he started listening and he started realizing, wow, if I had only been married to my wife for 10 years, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If, I, if, if I'd only met her, Dayenu, it would have been enough. Now, we're going to do something right now that I promise you has never been done before in a church in Texas <laughs> to sing Dayenu together. Are you okay with this? Yeah. I mean, this is history. I hope we're filming this. This is awesome. Okay, so here's what we'll do. I'll, I'll read the verse, and then on the stands at the bottom, we're all going to read the stands of Dayenu. It would have been enough. You ready? Yeah. But man... Um, just be prepared. These thoughts in these texts are going to blow your mind. You ready? Okay, here we go. If he had brought us out of Egypt 
and had not carried out judgments against them. Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had given us their wealth and had not split the sea for us. Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had split the sea for us and had not taken us through it on dry land. Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had drowned our oppressors in it and had not supplied our needs in the desert for 40 years, Dayenu, it would have been enough. This absolutely changed the way that I thought about my marriage. If, if I had only been able to say I do and look in her eyes that day knowing how much I loved her and knowing how much she loved me and how much we were willing or if we had just been married and never been able to have kids I know some of us have had that burden Dayenu it would have been enough. You can dayenu all kinds of things in your life. Dayenu your health. God, if I'd only been healthy the first 40 years of my life, and then the rest of my days may have suffering or some ailments, dayenu, it would have been enough. One time I had a, um, I had a, a tooth, uh, tooth cavity or something, some tooth pain. Have you ever had a toothache? Isn't it crazy how one tiny little tooth can just like consume your whole world? Isn't it crazy? But I had learned some of these things, and I, and I sat there. I mean, I could barely, I can go to deep breaths. And then I just started thinking, God, thank you that my other teeth don't hurt. God, thank you that my legs work. I mean, but remember yesterday the joy level and the pain level? I had my pain. My pain wasn't going anywhere. But I could do something to get my joy level just a notch Above this agonizing pain. Dayenu, your salvation. God, if I had only gotten baptized, if I had only had my sins forgiven and never got married, never got a job that I wanted, or the relationships that I'd prefer. If I didn't get anything else, but if I was just saved. Dayenu. That would be enough. Dayenu, your job. Have any job problems? Do you ever have job problems? Or actually, maybe you have 
job people problems. I mean, he comes in all kinds of forms, right? But God, if you never got rid of that guy, Dayenu, thank you for my job, Father. And maybe doing a little Dayenu might help you start liking that guy that you don't like very much. I mean, who knows what God The Spirit will lead you to thoughts and perspectives that your own beautiful, wonderful prefrontal cortex cannot do. And finally, just Dayenu life. Just Dayenu life. Today. God, if I just lived today, if, if today was it, Dayenu. I'm telling you, this is powerful stuff. But I think this is how we renew our minds so that we can be transformed. Isn't this amazing? This is such good news. So I want to take away a couple of things for us to think about. Have a spirit thought about your thoughts. Have a spirit thought about your thoughts. And I would encourage you to go back to Galatians 5, not the part that Teresa was talking about earlier, the other part, where it's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And just fathom, does my thought, will my thought produce that? Joy, kindness, love, gentleness, patience. Will my thoughts produce that? And if not, then you need a spirit suggestion, okay? Then you need a spirit thought about your thoughts. That in your quiet times. Thread that throughout the week, especially when you might be going through something difficult. Having trouble with the kids, or you've tried this dialogue thing that they talked about at that seminar, it doesn't make any sense, just, you know, Dianu, we went to the retreat at least, okay? All right, okay? But just... Fall in love with this word because I did, I mean, as I went through those verses, I'm just thinking, wow, what? They had such an amazing perspective. But this is why we're here, is because God gave us more than Dayenu. He gave us something better than Dayenu. He gave us a marriage with Christ, which includes our heart, our soul, our strength, and our mind. I am so grateful to be with you today. Thank you so much for being a part of this retreat. We love you very much. Thank you. As we're, coming, as we're coming to a close of this uh, incredible weekend we've had with one another, uh, I do want to say this. We're very grateful uh, to the Bruces uh, for their time, Thank their you. heart, their energy. Amen. Um, Good job. 
You've endeared yourself to us uh, by giving us tools that uh, will impact our marriages. Amen. And as a Dallas church, uh, we want to transform this part of the world. Come on. And so thank you for equipping us to first transform our marriages. Come on. So we yes. can do that. Yes. And I know you can. That's awesome. Yes, and I also wanted to thank you guys just from the bottom of our hearts. We know that you have a busy schedule, but we just appreciate your hearts to be here with our family and to just pass on the wisdom and Amen. all the knowledge that you have so that we can continue to work on our marriages. And I know for Will and I, we want to practice um, just pursuing being a safe couple for each other Amen. so that we can better serve our family in the kingdom. So thank you guys so much. We have something special, flowers for Cece and a Texas throw for both Come of you. Come on. Thank you so much. Love you so much. Thank you, Will. Brother, thank you so much. Awesome. my wife and uh, with so many who'd uh, helped us uh, to make this weekend uh, what it was. And you've seen many of them here on stage and up front today and yesterday, uh, but there are many who have worked and served tirelessly uh, behind the scenes. And so we do want to honor them uh, at this time. And uh, they are definitely deserving of your, of your uh, hollering and shouting but we do ask that you would refrain from that as we get through uh, the list of all the servants that we want to acknowledge. We want to make sure everyone is acknowledged here and, and, and be given a shout out. So, All right. Everyone ready? <laughs> For our invitations, we want to thank Derek Vett, Welcome Signs, Haley Louie. Give Back Committee, um, the Give Back Making Committee, Judy Mosley, Leanne Vett, Juliana Upchurch, Katie Seck, Risa Myhan, Crystal Udo. Our registration team, Isabel Hernandez, Maria Harris, Kathy Parker, Pam Shreve, Tracy Mori. And also, we want to give a special thanks to David and ha Haley Louie for opening the retreat with the amazing performance. Um, also, all of our small groups who donated baskets, thank you so much. Okay, Raul and Veronica Ramirez, Joseph Ruth Kinagomba, Tony Caroline Soforelli, Kevin Anna O'Brien, who courageously and vulnerably shared testimonies here with us, our usher teams. Uh, William Thelma Nieto, Eddie Joanna Blandin, Dave and Marco, uh, Monica Markowitz, Sarah Berry, Kevin and Anna O'Brien, our ushers for today. Thank you. There are many on that team, and so we definitely want to uh, make sure you are uh, thanked. And uh, Jacob, thank you for spearheading that team, Jacob Bartlow. Uh, the worship team and our AV team who has yeah. done tremendous job and their flexibility so much. John Lines, Rick Toothman, Chad Wolf, uh, Natalie Ayun, Stacy Stantelen, Bruce Hermans, Jordan and Katie Zek. Our entertainment teams, 
uh, who helped out last night with the salsa and the DJ, Chris and Michelle Carter and Brandon and uh, Sarah Wolf. And last but not least, we want to give some special thank yous. Um, first off here to our amazing conference administrator. And guys, really, we have a gem in this church here in the DFW Church with Nancy Bartlow. She really set us up for an amazing weekend. So thank you, Nancy, wherever you are. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. I also want to thank our incredible decor committee. Did you guys like the stage? <laughs> And she's going to hate me for doing this, but I want to thank Alicia High and Fred <laughs> for putting this amazing decor up here along with Christian Gates. Did you guys see the board out there by the photography? Christian made that. Yes, the wooden board. So thank you so much, Christian, for that. I also want to thank our amazing photographers who took so much time out of their own retreats, Brian and Michelle Fuller. Thank you for capturing those amazing photos. And also here, um, last but not least, I want to thank Mike and Juliana of Church because you guys wore so many hats throughout this whole conference, and Will and I feel like you, you guys were both our right-hand people. So we just want to thank you for being available for anything that we needed. So thank you so much. Now we can give a holler shout for everyone. And I just want to personally say to my wife, I still want to plan every event with you. It is such a joy. That's awesome. <laughs> Amen. Well, we know it takes a great team to produce an amazing event like this, but every team needs a quarterback. And so there is a couple that has been. <laughs> yes. We know that uh, th we can't really thank you for all you've done, but here's a little special token from the DFW Church to go out and have some romance together after all the work that you've done. Amen. So thank you guys so much. <laughs> so before we're dismissed, remain standing. I think it's only appropriate. Turn to your spouse. So i got to go over here to my spouse over here. And I want this to end by saying the phrase, the theme of our whole time together, look in their eyes and say together with me, I still do. Thank you. You're dismissed. <laughs>